Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, April 29th. Oh, what a week is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. Now, Ben, put the bong down and listen. Did you know that Illinois has an average monthly revenue of over $100 million from recreational cannabis sales? As of 2022, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. Put the bong down. <laughs> Thank you. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention, June 10th through 11th. Brought to you by NECAN, the convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting in to the new adult use recreational market. Is that a bong I see in your hand? <laughs> Put it down, Ben. <laughs> The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also four full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, cultivation, and social justice, featuring dozens of experts with practical knowledge and advice for <laughs> attendees of all levels of experience. Bong, down, now. <laughs> all are welcome. Go to kneecan.com slash Illinois, N-E-C-A-N-N dot com slash illinois for information and to register okay mister give me that bong you're done <laughs> just broke your bong the benjarovsky show who am i the cops the benjarovsky show starts now it is friday april 29th and this is the benjarovsky shows oh what a week your host he'll be buying a new bong this weekend <laughs> chicago reader columnist ben jarofsky hello everybody ben jarofsky here we're calling this big surprise friday and here's why the big surprise not really a big surprise Lori Lightfoot's running for re-election. Repeat, Lori Lightfoot's running for re-election. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's running for re-election. Here we go, D. That's the sound of sirens. <laughs> Big surprise, huh? What kind of weird way to announce it, almost as an aside, uh, to Lynn Sweet of my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times political columnist Lynn Sweet. Well, I know the doctor is going to get to that uh, at some point in the news. You know, we do a little pre-show planning on this show. <laughs> Heavy emphasis on little. Just barely. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's going to mention it. But uh, just in case, I wanted to let you know up top. <laughs> we are aware of that fact that Mayor Lori Lightfoot has sort of kind of backhandedly announced she's running. Well, what a weird elect mayoral election season. we had. This is really weird. You know, I'm okay. So some of the big names are chickening out. There's nothing weird about that. You know, here's something about Chicago. I'm just going to say to Chicago, I'm, I'm not from Chicago. I always have to say this before I make comments about Chicago. 
So I am an outsider commenting on you, Chicago. I realize that. I have lived among you since 1981. Okay? So this is something I've learned about Chicagoans, Dean. Chicagoans love to act tough. They, Chicagoans really just like have this image in themselves as they're really, really tough. Now, I don't have that image of myself not being from Chicago. Okay, so I don't share that trait with Chicagoans, but I've seen it. And, D, you don't have it because you're not from Chicago. Thank God. Dennis feels he's not the kind of guy who goes, up tough. <laughs> but guys who are from Chicago, you know, they have that compulsion. Up tough. Oh, I see it. I see it. Like, uh, dude, we're just in the line for groceries. Please calm down. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, the whole thing with dibs, which is really weird thing yeah. you're into in Chicago. Dibs, it's mine. And if you try to take it, I'll kill you. Chicago wonders why it has a crime problem. This is something about Chicago. You know, you guys wonder why you have a crime problem. You want to settle every dispute by punching someone. <laughs> and you wonder why you have a crime problem, Chicago. Just saying, it, throw it out there. Anyway, Chicagoans love to act like they're tough. But you ever get, like, in a political fight, they always back away from the political fight. You ever notice that, D? So Mike quickly just dropped out. And he's like, I, I, I'm scooping myself. This is coming later. But Mike Quigley, Congressman Mike Quigley, you know, the polls show that he could be Lord Lightfoot. I think I'll stay in Washington. They need me to help settle the crisis in Ukraine. Hey, I know what it was. An elbow from Lori Lightfoot, just like Arnie Duncan. An elbow from Lori Lightfoot. I just realized those are two elbows. So anyway, she kind of acts so tough. Uh, but then when he, I think I'll just stay in Congress. Uh, it's safer here. You know what? That says a lot about Chicago when it's safer in Congress. We have to deal with Ukraine as opposed to Chicago. Anyway, Lori Lightfoot running for re-election, uh, apparently. Not official, formal announcement. Just sort of an off-the-cuff comment uh, to Lynn Sweet. So um, anyway, D, without further ado, I turn things over to you. For oh, what a week it was not, because we don't call it oh, what a week it was anymore. How's it going, everybody? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. Today's show features a handful of 2022 Illinois primary election candidate campaign ads. In fact, we have seven of them. Holy oh, crap. No. Oh, my God. And four of them are from Congressman Sean Caston. You know what? Let's just get one of these out of the way right now. It's true. Congressman Sean Caston has released his first digital ads of the cycle. He's running for re-election in the 6th Congressional District, and he's running against a lady who won her third Congressional District race. But thanks to redistricting, she now has to run against Caston. They're very similar candidates. I feel sorry for uh, Marie Newman. Uh, the ads will run on Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Hulu through Election Day as part of a six-figure digital buy. They are the first in a series of digital ads that will address four issues, cost of living, climate change, gun safety, and abortion rights. Ben Jarofsky, we are going to go to you. You're going to pick the first one here. The four ads I have will play all four throughout today's show. It's not going to play them all in a row, all right? So, Ben, you pick the first one. Once again, your four options for Sean Caston ads, cost of living, climate change, gun safety and abortion rights uh i will choose gun safety he's going for gun safety is that your final answer 
Well, it's really not an answer as as much as a choice, but yes, it's my final choice. <laughs> all right, whatever. You know, you're all technical about it. Okay. <laughs> Gun safety, you said. Yes, sir. All right. Let's hear the latest ad from Sean Caston on gun safety. If you live in the 6th Congressional District, listen up. They're older now, but that doesn't mean we worry less. I'm Democrat Sean Caston, and I'm fighting for common sense gun safety. Background checks keep all of us safe. Let's take on the NRA to protect our classrooms and our neighborhoods. Boom. Well, that, that was fast. That was it. 15 that second it. ad. You picked one of the uh, shorter ones. Good job. Yeah. Well, that uh, clearly uh, is uh, the ad uh, of a man who has done some focus groups and has determined, and by the way, no incumbent congressman exists without a focus group. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that gun control will play in the suburbs. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe he would be making that ad if he were, say, running in, um, I don't know, Carbondale area. You know what I'm saying, D? That's an obvious point, but I feel I must make it because we were ever going to have any sanity when it regards to uh, the proliferation of guns in our society. In fact, I just got a text today, a tangent with a tangent, Lee Allen Jones. Thank you, Lee Allen, who was on the show Wednesday. Uh, One of our far left uh, participants, love the left. And uh, uh, Lee Allen sent me, it was a text, it was a video of a baseball game, a high school baseball game in Chicago, and where the batter was just coming to bat, all of a sudden gunshots rang out. Everybody dives to the ground. You see the uh, umpire dive to the ground. You see the pitcher, the catcher. Everybody's just dying to the ground. I'm like, oh, my God, this is freaking insane. So much of this is the normal. There was an article in today's uh, Sun-Times about Tommy Shuba. Shout out to Tommy. He wrote the article about a shootout on the near north side of Chicago. I think, I think they said 60 rounds were fired uh, and nobody was charged. <laughs> like, wow. It's just insane out there. We don't know what to do. One thing is for certain. There are too many freaking guns. Uh, but, you know, good luck getting gun control. Any semblance of gun control. Good luck with that. Uh, but it's apparently an issue that uh, tests well uh, with uh, focus groups uh, in the uh, suburbs of DuPage County. All of a sudden, I find myself talking like Barack Obama. Uh, and don't wear that away. You know what? It's <laughs> They should do a progressive ad about, like, baby boomers just start talking about, like, Barack Obama. You know, it's well, a, I mean, there's a whole politician, <laughs> every one of his ads. It's basically that, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm with you, Sean Caston, 100%. And I'm glad to see that te- that tests well uh, in the suburbs because presumably we are being told constantly that the suburbs are the swing districts that will determine the future of America. So if Sean Caston and his analysts have figured out that this is what people in uh, the parts of America that will have the greatest influence in future policies, then maybe, just maybe, please, 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 There will be some sanity when it comes to laws, policing, uh, weaponry in our country. Yeah, you mentioned focus groups. I think there's everything that has a focus group. That song that was probably in the ad has a focus group. I'm sure the focus group has a focus group. Am I right? (laughs) There is Michael Girardi's next song, Focus Group. There you go, Michael. Get to work. (laughs) There you go. I mean, we're not going to pay you, but get to work. Wait, let me just say this, Michael Girardi. I am doubling your salary. Oh. Okay? I am doubling your salary. 
I, heard, I, I think I've, I've heard him say that before. And get ready, Girardi. That means coupons. They're coming your way. He's giving you coupons. <laughs> I just double Miles Conflassen's salary, by the way. Oh, nice, nice. He's up to I gift. Double. He's up to gift card status. <laughs> Sorry, Girardi. Uh, you'll get there one day. Hey, that's just one Sean Caston ad. Three more to go. <laughs> And the 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update continues. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Uh, right on cue, the, the crow. It's an eagle. <laughs> Worked really hard to find oh, a geez, specific I, I didn't tell you this. What? I know you're going to get into it, but uh, I was... On a beach in California last week, walking along with someone new, and I saw a crow, and it was a big crow, and I thought of you in that <laughs> sound. I told my wife, Pam, look, there's a crow. Dr. D's always playing that crow thing. She goes, it's an eagle. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. <laughs> None of that last conversation <laughs> took place, by the way. Like I said, more cast and ads later. All right. Let's get to the Republican gubernatorial candidate hopefuls. All right. So we learned last week. Oh, he's for sure the Republican candidate with the most money. But is Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin the Republican candidate with the most voter support? I don't want to make empty promises to to the residents of Illinois without identifying what the issues are. All right. Well, Richard Irvin ducked and dodged that one. He clearly doesn't want to find an answer here. So, Ben, I guess it's up to us to really... Take the deep dive on this. First off, the Richard Irvin campaign received a big endorsement. And for all the talk this guy makes about loving the police or back in the blue or whatever, you would think that this guy had every law enforcement endorsement in the state. But that's not the case. The Richard Irvin campaign just got a boost from the Illinois Troopers Lodge number 41. And it's the campaign's first big law enforcement endorsement. Trooper Lodge number 41 is the largest statewide police union in Illinois, representing some 3,200 sworn and retired Illinois state troopers. All right. Well, I'm going to be uh, on the hopeful side of things here, Dean, <clears throat> because Richard Irvin, before he decided to become, uh, go MAGA, MAGA, was your basic moderate type. Uh, he claims he was a Republican. Uh, you know what? If he says he's a Republican, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's a Republican. He sure acted like a moderate Rahm Emanuel style, style Democrat, but whatever. And really, great conversation yesterday, DM. I got to plug this. Sam Holloway uh, on the show, my dear leftist. We were really got a lot of lefties on the show, uh, but we were talking about You Mitt just Romney realized this just now. <laughs> Doing this five years. I love lefties. What's the matter with that? Okay, there's got to be one outlet for lefties in Chicago. You know what I mean? One. Everybody else is, well, we're in the middle of the road, or we're right. Uh, anyway, uh, Sam was on our he, – he wanted some great risks. But one of the things we had fun with was uh, how similar uh, Rahm Emanuel and Mitt Romney are when it comes to economic uh, development issues and uh, et cetera and so forth. Uh, anyway, so um, in my opinion – Richard Irvin was a basic a Rahm Emanuel, a Mitt Romney type. And, uh, you know, he had to go. He decided he wants to uh, run for governor. He wants to take all that money that Kenny G is kicking into his campaign funds. Okay. And so he's open window, throw all that stuff out uh, and transform himself into MAGA man. And MAGA man means you just, when it comes to law enforcement, lock him up. 
And uh, so as a result, he has to kind of ignore the fact that like, I don't know, six months ago or whatever it was before he uh, signed on to the devil's deal uh, with uh, Kenny G, uh, he was in favor of like criminal justice reform. So, D, I have this thought that deep down it's follow me on this one, D. I'm with it's you. Sort I'm of with like, you. Uh, like a like a, a, a Twilight Zone episode. I'm going to develop this as the show goes on. Maybe I can sell it to Hollywood, make millions and millions oh, of dollars. Okay. All right, dude, <laughs> I'll take thousands. I'll take thousands. Don't be greedy. First thing I do is buy a computer that works. Oh, yeah. You'll still find a way to make it not work. I have a feeling. <laughs> I, oh, blame the victim. Why don't you? <laughs> but anyway, your thought? My thought is movie idea. Instead, Richard Irvin is just subsuming his inner democratic self so that he'll fool MAGA, win MAGA's support, get elected governor, and then whoosh, at his first press conference declare, fool ya! Ah, ha, 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 ha. I am a liberal Democrat. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then oh. the, those troopers that supported him will be going, gosh darn it! <laughs> Fooled! So your theory there with Irvin is kind of what my theory is with Willie Wilson. Yeah, your, your theory with Willie Wilson. I know. It's called uh, wishful thinking. You know, uh, Dennis's theory of Willie Wilson is that he's just disguising himself uh, as a Trumper and Rounderite. But really, uh, he's a lefty of the Miles Conflassen persuasion. Uh, it's a little more deep than that. It's a little more deep than that. Uh, Willie Wilson likes attention and good attention, you know, and the attention that he's getting is that's good attention is from the right. So he goes to where the attention is and goes to where the money is. You know what I mean? So if, if I show, shower love on Willie Wilson to become a lefty. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, uh, free health care for everybody in Chicago. Love you, Willie. By the way. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all it takes. Dennis is absolutely correct. All it takes for Lori Lightfoot to do something like just a little bit of the right thing is for Willie Wilson to do it first. Well, so Mr. Willie Wilson, please start calling for health care for all. What an insane system we have of health care, ladies and gentlemen. And I remember in 2019, all my centrist friends were going, Ben, you don't understand. People in Michigan, suburban Detroit, love their health care. I don't know anyone who loves his health care. No one. Absolutely no one loves her. Do you love your health care, D? I don't think so. You know? Oh, yeah, I love my health care. I love you. Hey, do you guys got time? I just want to talk about my health care. Oh, my God, it's so great. No one's doing that at a party. <laughs> Did I tell you about my health care? You know, even in the those progressive insurance commercials, like the the millennials who act like baby boomers, no one says, "Did I tell you about my health care?" What they will do is start complaining. You know how I, I had to pay this for, for these pills I bought. Yeah, that's the next next segment. Uh, progressive with the with the millennials get together, start comp complaining about their health. No, actually, they'd be complaining about their ailments. Oh my back! Oh, <laughs> oh that really hurts. Anyway, so right. Willie Wilson, please, 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 to quote James Brown, come out for health care for all, and then within a week, the city council will pass funding. It'll be a close vote. 
all these aldermen will go, I don't know if we can afford this. Sounds like a gimmick. I'm really concerned about the bottom line. They had not one word to say about the bottom line when they were shoveling billions to developers. But suddenly they're concerned about the bottom line when it's helping just an ordinary person. I guess the smart way of saying it is that uh, Willie Wilson is a populist. I think that's what. uh... Whoa. I know. I've been listening to WBZ a lot. (laughs) I've been paying attention. BZ stuff. (laughs) I've been paying attention. Hey, BZ, you hear that? Come on now. At least take the resume out from below the bottom of the pile. Okay, just move it to the top. That'll be considered progress. Moving on? Yeah, I can't remember where we were. (laughs) That's fine. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Oh, and our Republican gubernatorial candidate update isn't done either there, Michael Flannery. We're going to talk about debates, all right? But first, Ben, what do you say we hear another ad from Congressman Sean Kasten, huh? Absolutely. All right, you pick it. All right. Now, our last one, I'll, I'll read the options again. Our last one was gun safety. We have three more ads to play from Mr. Kasten. We have abortion rights, climate change, cost of living. Uh, I will go with abortion rights. Abortion rights. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. It's a choice, but whatever. Yes. Once again, don't ruin the bit. Okay. <laughs> You're going with abortion rights. All right. We're going to play this ad here. And in this ad, move over Phyllis is all I'm saying. All right. Her name is Marcy Love. She's in the ad here. It's the latest ad from Sean Caston. Uh, maybe we'll do a compare and contrast here, uh, see how she does against Phyllis. Let's hear the latest ad from one. Sean Caston. Two down. Two more to go. I've had the pro-choice movement for over 32 years, and I'm endorsing Democrat Sean Caston for Congress. Sean is 100% pro-choice, and when it comes to women's health, Sean votes for us. So let's vote for him. All right. Uh, I'm very biased in this, I must admit. I've known Marcy Love since about 1990. She's been a guest on my podcast. I'd love to bring her back. Uh, she is a big supporter of Personal PAC, which, as you all know, is the organization headed by TC. Put your big boy pants on, Terry Cosgrove, good friend of this show, comes on and chides me. <laughs> oh, you ever notice everything I do is wrong when it comes to Terry? Ben, no. Ben, no. I think that's, I, I think my middle name is no when he's talking. Ben, no. Ben, sit up straight. <laughs> so I'm always wrong. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they've been leading the fight uh, for reproduction rights in the state of Illinois for 40 years. So, God bless them. And a big fan of her. So, yes, she's way better than Phyllis. Way, way, way. Phyllis, of course, was the suburban what was, I, I, grandmother type uh, who was telling people on a fixed income uh, that they should vote against the fair tax uh, on the argument that it would uh, tax their income, which of course it wouldn't do. So all these retirees are, well, Phyllis said it must be true. Uh, Those are commercials funded by, of course, Kenneth, Kenny G Griffin. uh, And he defeated the fair tax and thus have managed to put the tax burden on people's like people like me and Dennis and keeping it from himself. And then he laughed at all you voters in the Northwest and Southwest side. <laughs> so uh, I'm with my, by the way, I'm going to be talking about this with David Ferris later today. This is unbelievable. At least we're talking about abortion rights. Uh, Ohio lawmaker calls pregnancies from rapes an opportunity for victims. 
uh, Representative Gene Schmidt. This is just unbelievable, the stuff that comes out of the mouth of MAGA these days. So they have a bill in Ohio that's probably the most restrictive abortion, uh, anti-abortion bill in the country. See, they're going to see if they can get that through. Essentially, uh, folks, they're just going to make every woman who gets pregnant, no matter how she gets pregnant, have the child. So the issue was a 13-year-old rape by uh, a convicted rapist. So this is the party that's supposedly, you know, really tough on crime. And they go, well, you know, think of it as an opportunity. Oh, you've been raped. You've been forced to carry the child of the rapist. You're 13 years old. This is an opportunity. I would say you're seriously deranged, MAGA. And so this is what I would say to you people out uh, in Elmhurst or Naperville or wherever Sean Casson's district is. When it comes to Sean Casson versus whatever MAGA creature the Republicans put up to run against them, just think if you want that as the law of the land in Illinois. Just think if you want... MAGA laws, like they're proposing in Ohio, Texas, Florida. You want that law of land in Illinois? People out in Elmhurst? Just saying. So very effective, Andy. But again, you're right. I'm biased. I've known Marcy Love, I think, since 1989. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still on the fence here, so let me just take a little time here and think. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement. Hmm. I've led the pro-choice movement for over 32 years. Hmm. Springfield politicians, <laughs> hmm. I've led the pro-choice movement for over 32 years. Hmm. <laughs> I like the hmm soundtrack. Ben, we're a house divided. Team Phyllis all the way. Springfield politicians. They promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. A memo to self, remember to have DJ Nate produce the show next time Marcy's on. (laughs) Marcy will go, is that your little millennial friend who said that about me? I didn't say one thing about her. (laughs) Just saying, Team Phyllis. All right. (laughs) Now back to the Republican gubernatorial primary. Five, five. Five of the six top Republican candidates for governor appeared at a Washington, Illinois forum or a debate. I don't know. What's the difference between a forum and a debate, Ben? Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. A f- debate. It, it, I, have, I have no idea. Who are you, man? Cal? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> forum, debate. I don't know. All right. But I'm, I'm confused because you said six. And I'm constantly as a uh, mental challenge for myself, folks, always listing. Five, (laughs) don't derail this. Five (laughs) of the six top Republican candidates for governor appeared at a Washington, Illinois forum or debate this week to address a range of issues, including the economy and the Second Amendment. Darren Bailey, Gary Rabine, Paul Schimpf, Jesse Sullivan, and Max Solomon all attended. Oh, the other issue addressed, hey, where the hell's Richard Irvin? (laughs) He no-showed the forum. He had better things to do, guys. And it looks like the downstate Republican farmer, DB, the big feller, Darren Bailey, made the most out of Irvin's absence. Apparently, the biggest applause of the night came toward the end of the event when Bailey walked across the stage and pointed to an empty chair where Richard Irvin would have been seated. Bailey said, I want to talk about this empty seat. Or, I want to talk about this empty seat. (laughs) 
Bailey then accused Irvin of grossly lying while on the campaign trail. Bailey said Irvin may talk about cutting taxes, but he raised taxes in Aurora. And Irvin's running mate, Avery Bourne, once told Darren Bailey to put on his mask while he was fighting the mask mandate in the General Assembly. Bailey said, friends, enough is enough. Or, friends, enough is enough. Wait, I'm sorry, D. That can you just do that one more time? The or the the or part. Oh, and that yeah. Oh, he said, "Friends, enough is enough." Or, friends, enough is enough. <laughs> uh, just some uh, strong blows uh, from Darren Bailey in this, and uh, so let's analyze this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Richard Urban has clearly f- figured out that debates don't matter when you have $25 million in the bank <laughs> that was donated to you by Kenny, Kenny G Griffin. Okay. That's he said, who needs debates? Only losers need debates. So I've been saying this to you, MAGA. I know, I, I know you're out there listening to me, MAGA. I know you are. You like to listen to this show. You guys love Dennis. You love his imitations of Darren Bailey. So, Maga, I don't know. It's kind of an insult to think that he can win your votes with that commercial going, look like me, think like us, and then just, like, not show up. You know, the debates and stuff. I remember what happened on a local level. Uh, what year was this? 2011, I want to say, uh, in the 47th Ward. Uh, Amaya Pawar was this complete unknown running for alderman. Well, uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. I know. We haven't heard that name in a while. I should bring Amaya back in the show. I wonder what he's up to these days. He was a two-term alderman eventually. He was victorious. But the um, I can't even remember the dude's name. But So the local, the, the uh, incumbent alderman, Schulter, was stepping down, uh, and he picked somebody whose name I can't remember. Let's just say it was Billy Bob uh, to run a, <laughs> Why course, not? Of course. Of uh, course. So Billy Bob had the blessing of the uh, alderman, the incumbent alderman. And so it was like, uh, it was going to be some tough questions asked to Billy Bob. Like you never run for anything all the, because the alderman had led everyone to believe he was going to run. And then at the last minute he dropped out and endorsed Billy Bob. And so all the questions would be, what was it? Is it was this kind of scam that you cooked up this scheme, you know, this uh, last minute uh, bait and switch. And so not wanting to handle those tough questions, Billy Bob just didn't show up to the debates. And so you got to give a mayor credit. He mopped the floor with Billy Bob, who wasn't there, wasn't there to defend himself. He had he just won over so many voters and uh, a mayor won that. It was a decisive win defeating Billy Bob. So not going to debates because you think you have all, you know, everything taken care of with the money or the endorsement or the commercials. Is a tricky strategy because it is an insult to the voters. We have to at least pretend as though we care about issues. We have to at least pretend as though we're going to defend our positions and that we have to at least uh, pretend as though we care in showing voters how quick we are on our feet and how quick we think. And so just to avoid them, say you're above them all, it is a bit of an insult. It's just like, shut up, watch these commercials, vote for me. And uh, so I'm just saying, MAGA, kind of insulted you. Just saying, he kind of, 
I would kind of give you the middle finger, MAGA. I, yeah, I, I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to cause trouble. <laughs> but kind of give you the middle finger, just saying. And, you know, I guess he had to be there because our Illinois local media is now demanding more Republican gubernatorial primary debates. Not sure why. <laughs> it. Last night, candidates Darren Bailey, Gary Rabine and Jesse Sullivan told Illinois Politico that they have committed to a debate sponsored by and televised on WGN News. It's going to be on May 24th. But an hour later, Richard Irvin's campaign issued a statement that he would also be a part of debate on May 24th on Chicago NBC5. Could it be? I think it could. Power play from Illinois' richest man, Ken Griffin and Richard Irvin. A source close to Irvin's team said the Aurora mayor committed first to NBC5 on May 24th. But Bailey, Rabine, and Sullivan believe Irvin is trying to dictate the terms of the race by agreeing to go to NBC5 after not appearing on any debate stages up until now. Marion Ahern scooped the first interview with Irvin when he announced his run for governor. Apparently, both NBC and WGN are now at a standstill to get the debates on air. Both stations would host the debates in Chicago and run them statewide. This is the first I heard about this because I was too busy following Elon Musk news. Totally obsessed with that is that story. Anyway, uh, so I missed this compelling uh, twist and turn in the uh, the Republican campaign. So I have no idea what's what's going on there. Uh, it just looks as though it's a power play. It would be funny if they all just because they want to be on stage with Irvin, just leave the other ah, the balls in their court. Whether well, we do we leave this other debate. Uh, to go with the debate he's in, or do they force the two stations to have a joint debate, which is what they should do, in my humble opinion, if they haven't already decided to do that. So Marianne Ahern would have to share the stage with, I don't know, someone from Channel 9, whoever that person would be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but that's clearly what's going on. The power play, right? right. Like, is showing you how the game is played. They're showing right? that they, they kind of run this Republican gubernatorial primary, right? That's the whole. Take kind of out of that sentence. Yeah. Money talks. Exactly. Yeah. He got $25 million, Richard Irvin did, from Kenny G. MAGA, he bought you. Once again, the question at the beginning, yeah, we know Richard Irvin and Ken Griffin have the most money in this mm -hmm. race, but do they have the most voter support? Moving on to a couple of days ago, about 100 people attended a fundraiser for Representative Mary Miller at former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago retreat. Also at the event, apparently, Trump had a sit-down with Darren Bailey. Now, we've wondered for a while which candidate will get that conservatively coveted Donald Trump endorsement. While it hasn't been officially announced, maybe safe to say it's Darren Bailey, right, Ben? Well, uh, remember we talked about this, I think Gary Rabine, boy, this is a memory test, got Michael Flynn's endorsement. Do I have that right? Remember that? Yeah. We talked about that, Michael Flynn, yeah. uh -huh. uh, the, the the former general who was um, uh, Donald Trump's chief foreign policy advisor for a hot minute until he got troubled for uh, lying to the FBI, and then Trump uh, pardoned him. Remember that, Michael Flynn? You know, the guy who uh, gave the speech at the 2016 Republican convention saying, lock her up, lock her up, that Michael Flynn. Uh, so uh, he gave his endorsement, I want to say to, uh, to Raybine, which would really, if Donnie Trump comes in now and gives it to uh, Dara Bailey, who, in my humble opinion, deserves, I mean, I do not believe this is 
like an honor you would be proud of. But if I'm thinking of the maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, who's now running for governor of Illinois, it's DB, Darren Bailey. And he got Jeannie Ives endorsement already. So, I mean, come on, Donnie. I, my old, Donnie's probably trying to figure out, like, will Kenny G's money be insurmountable in Illinois? Because I don't think Donald wants to make an endorsement and then be embarrassed by having his candidate lose mm-hmm. the primary. You get what I'm saying, D? So it's, this, he's got this issue in a lot of states where uh, it's a battle for MAGA votes. He he uh, endorsed in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you saw this. Dr. Oz from the um, uh, Oprah Winfrey show running for uh, – turned out that the doc, the good doc is a MAGA man. So he, uh, he's running, uh, and he got Donald Trump's support. So, uh, you know, it's kind of iffy. I think he uh, Trump endorsed uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio. So he's making these endorsements in these contested races where his credibility is on the line. But – D, nothing uh, is uh, as challenging as $25 million in the bank and more to come. You get what I'm saying? So he should, if you're just being fair to MAGA, give his endorsement to the Maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, although Johnny Catanzaro would take issue with that. Maybe tie with Johnny Catanzaro. Johnny Catanzaro is definitely the Maggiest MAGA man in, in the city of Chicago. So he should give his endorsement to Darren Bailey but he's holding back. So he, that, that was kind of like, I don't know, D, that's not very Trump-like. You know what I mean? That's a little subtle. You have him over to Mar-a-Lago. I don't know that's good enough to win MAGA over. You know what I'm saying, D? It's like just having him over to Mar-a-Lago. Is, you know, I don't it. Mary Miller, he made no doubt about it. He's for Mary Miller. Uh, she, of course, Mary Miller, the uh, downstate uh, Republican congresswoman, is the one who said, and I quote, Hitler was right. Uh, which is a pretty shocking, insulting statement to make. And I, uh, I've written about this a few times, talked about it a lot. I contend that her quote-unquote apology was actually worse than the original statement, but that's a subject for another matter. But uh, Donald Trump has endorsed her in a race against Rodney Davis. The Darren Bailey, who's going to farm that wheat campaign? They put out another ad this week. And I got to say, it may be his best ad yet. This ad features his lieutenant gubernatorial hopeful, one Stephanie Tressel, and it also features Darren Bailey's hands. These are the hands of a farmer, strong and determined. A grandfather's hands, supportive and caring. Hands of a state senator who protects life and our freedoms. I know something about this man, Darren Bailey, because I joined him to restore Illinois' greatness. Together, we'll cut taxes, fund the police, and impose term limits. Join us, the only true conservative Republican team, and let's put Illinois' future in these safe hands. Uh, By the way, that there's some bears some resemblance to a great song uh, from the 70s by Bill Withers called Grandma's Hands which is a song I'm sure nobody listening remembers, uh, except for other baby boomers. Uh, Grandma's Hands, great song by Bill Withers. Uh, I would not say this even approaches the greatness of Bill Withers' uh, uh, song, uh, but I, D, I'm not seeing it. Uh, were you watching it when it played? Yeah, yeah, it showed a lot. So of, they a literally lot of show his hands, close up of some hands. You know, okay, we don't, and our, <laughs> we so we don't know that they are for certain. Uh, Darren Bailey's hands. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, D. Uh, it's a commercial intended to um, show him as a man of the people, a working man. 
uh, and uh, forget for a moment that um, you know his his farm is heavily subsidized by taxpayers. Forget that for the moment, uh, and also just the curious line: we're going to cut taxes and fund police. I don't. Good luck doing both. You know, I mean, if you want to fund the police, uh, you got to raise taxes. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how you're going to do it. If you're going to give more money to the police, you got to get that money somewhere. So it's a curious contradiction. Uh, They're against taxes but they're for funding the police. So what their plan is they're going to pass the hat. Is that what they're going to do? They're going to get Kenny G to kick in my, that'd be interesting with Kenny G instead of paying to have his candidate uh, get elected uh, governor. So he could cut taxes. Cause I'm sure that's what really motivates Kenny G. How about if Kenny G just every year kicks in, what does he say? He's going to spend 75 million to fund the police. Just, here you go. Here's a contribution. So, uh, in addition to the taxes he pays, of course. I mean, because he's funding Irvin's campaign in addition to the taxes. So I, I'm thinking about that, D. That's That could be a solution right there. Just have rich guys who fund these commercials fund the police. God, am I smart. I mean, it's one of the only ads I've seen where it's not like hitting those uh, those slogans real hard, like back the blue and come on, fighting crime. It just seems like an ad that like conservatives in Illinois who aren't completely insane and are just kind of regular people. They watch that and go, oh, you know what? This Darren Bailey guy seems all right. I, I would say that it, that ad would be the ad you'll see in a general election uh, should uh, Bailey uh, prevail and get the Republican nomination because that ad is not linked to any of the uh, MAGA talking points. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's outside of politics except for that line about uh, cutting taxes while funding the police. It, you know what I'm saying? It's just uh, presenting him as a man, uh, a common man that you could trust. Without, as Dennis pointed out, mentioning uh, that he was the guy who sued uh, the governor because he didn't like the mask mandate, uh, who got kicked out of the General Assembly meeting because he didn't like the mask mandate. Somebody was like, I don't know which, where, I don't know if this is part of your round of uh, pre-show planning out the window, but somebody was, I can't remember which Republican was criticizing Darren Bailey for not being tough enough on masks. Like he wore a mask once. They criticized, I'm like, you guys are freaking insane. Like, you guys have really gone off the deep. I mean, MAGA has gone off the deep end. Right. So I feel like Bailey has those people locked down. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. They're getting uh, Republicans who aren't uh, have have taken the bait. Yes. Are not total MAGA. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) but it's dangerous. D. If you show too much compassion, MAGA will turn on you. (laughs) It's. You know what I'm saying? Like Richard Irving can't talk about how he showed compassion for poor people who are uh, wrongly accused of crimes, you know, because you lose MAGA's votes. So that's in a primary. So you're right. It's a, it, it's an interesting appeal that he's making. Uh, I guess he's trying to appeal to the classic swing voter in DuPage County who might, for some reason, participate in the Republican primary and they won't, they'll ignore uh, Bailey's role 
as the maggiest man, the maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, and think of him as a humble farmer. That's that's that yeah, that's what they're going for. D. I would think they would bring that commercial out during the uh, general election when they're up against J.B. Pritzker. But what do I know? I'm just a podcast show host in his attic talking into a microphone looking at an alley. Uh, oh, and also, I forgot to mention, uh, in response to that Darren Bailey uh, hands ad, Darren Bailey said, yeah, wait till you see my feet. <laughs> or, yeah, wait till you see my feet. That is correct. I thought you were going to go in a different direction, uh, but oh, you kept okay. it G-rated. Oh, okay. that's right. Speaking of J.B. Pritzker and speaking of ads, he just bought a bunch of them because that's what he does. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker just spent about, hold on, let's go to the ATM and see. Let me get this hair, put in a code, all right. Okay, J.B. Pritzker has spent roughly, oh my God, $80,000 for a statewide cable TV ad that runs now through May 2nd. We'd play it, but I'm sure you're going to see him about 500 times by Sunday. And Republican Richard Irvin put down $73,000 for ad buys during the same period. $80,000, $73,000? That sounds fairly reasonable. What do I know? We should do an ad. The Ben Jarofsky Show. On so cable TV. It seems like uh, another strategy here on the Irvin campaign is anything you can do, I can do better, right? Like, yeah. They're watching Pritzker. Oh, I see you did that. All right, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, they're going at it. And, and I think in Richard Irvin's mind, he's already running against Pritzker. You know what I mean? He's He, he doesn't even dignify Darren Bailey or uh, Gary Rabine or Paul Shemp or uh, your favorite, Jesse Sullivan, uh, with – I just threw that in there to see if you're paying attention uh, – with just even like – you want to go to their debate? Hey, do you think he'll he'll, he'll show up to the debate with J.B. Pritzker if he is the nominee? Do you think he'll stiff the that debate? I'm just asking, you know. Uh, he's too busy to go to the MAGA debate, but I'll go to the debate with J.B. Pritzker. Yeah, interesting. Well, he'll do whatever Kenny G tells him. So whatever Kenny G feels like, if he says go to the debate, he'll go to the debate. All right, uh, got an ad from one Jesse Sullivan. I meant to play this last week. Uh, this one features his wife. So let's hear the latest ad from Jesse Sullivan, a.k.a. Longshot Louie. My husband, Jesse Sullivan, knows business. So the lessons around here start early. Okay, kiddos, here's your allowance you earned this week. But this is Illinois, so there's a tax for pretty much everything. These days, it's hard enough to stretch a dollar. As governor, Jesse will put money back in the hands of Illinois families by repealing Pritzker's gas tax, eliminating the grocery tax, and by vetoing any new tax increase. Which means you get to keep more of your allowance. The kids are happy. <laughs> yeah, teaching greed to little kids. We don't have to share with anyone. We don't have to worry about poor people. We don't have to worry about sick people. We don't have to worry about people who are really down and out, have mental issues, they're on their own. F them. Ah, you just get to keep more. If you keep stuff in that piggy bank, one day you'll be like Elon Musk. What what a great what great values Jesse Sullivan is sending out to the children of Illinois. Keep it for yourself. Hoard it. You two can become rich. <laughs> by giving a big middle finger to everybody who is poor or sick or old <laughs> or needs help. Just keep it for yourself. Keep that allowance I'm giving you for yourself. Like I said, we have a lot of ads to play today, all right? And we're plowing through these. We're doing a great job. And I got to say, for having so many ads, they're not bad ads. I mean, we just heard that Sullivan one. But other than that, <laughs> Sullivan one. 
How about that Secretary of State race, huh? Alexi Giannoulias put out a new ad, and uh, the last few ads involved, well, they were trying to get that Jarofsky vote. Basketball. It featured a lot of basketball. And kids playing basketball. Ben loves coaching basketball. I'm surprised Ben hasn't already uh, early voted for this guy. <laughs> but we have another ad to play from Alexi G. Dulius. This one's a little more serious. Uh, but he takes a little comedy uh, tone there at the end. So let's hear the latest ad from one Alexi Janulius. Listen up. The political corruption, the scandals, it doesn't have to be this way. When I was treasurer, we put in place tough ethics laws and we stood up to Mike Madigan. When I'm secretary of state, no more cozy relationships between lobbyists and politicians. We can stop this. Are you with me? I thought we were getting ice cream. Yeah, so the bit there is... uh... This is a series of uh, commercials he's done uh, with in a gym with a bunch of kids. Uh, so that kind of undercuts. I mean, I know he's trying for humor, uh, but he's trying to make a serious point, D. Uh, and then the kid undercuts the serious point by saying, all I want is ice cream. Ah, look, I'm just analyzing the ad. So it's like, what, nothing's for real with your campaign? You don't believe in anything? You don't believe in the ethics reforms? You're just making a joke of it. Uh, I know you want to humanize yourself. I know the whole point of these commercials is to use the kids and their innocence that they radiate and beam uh, to make you uh, look like a good guy. So I, I get, I understand that basic concept. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. It's a serious issue you're raising about ethics in Illinois. You know? uh, and you're saying it doesn't matter. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Yeah. Is it funny? Am I funny? Name the movie, D. Name the movie. Uh, is it uh, Casino? No, Goodfellas. No, I get those mixed uh, up. Yeah, I can see why. Same director. Same actor, by the way. Uh, but um, so, you know, I, I, that, that commercial doesn't do it for me. And if you just hear it, like our listeners can only hear it without seeing it, you lose that effect. But he's, you know, the kid are like, I just want the ice cream. I don't care about ethics reform. You know, the adults are like, yeah, ethics reform. <laughs> Ethics reform, what a joke. Everybody knows this stuff is wrong, and they do it anyway. We're going to pass. Every time there's a, one kind of ethics violation, like a law, they'll tailor the law. They'll try. We're really going to crack down on what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Someone giving a contract to their brother. And um, so anyway, yeah, I think that uh, effectively undercuts his commercial. And there it was, everybody. One hell of a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Oh, yeah. Good times. All right. Now, finally, on to the news in the city of Chicago. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. Who cares? You have <laughs> quite a few people trying to take that job of yours as mayor of the city of Chicago. First up, Fran the Woe Man Spielman. In one of her recent articles this week, she had a familiar friend on the program. I mean, 
not a friend at all. Bill Conway, the guy who ran against Kim Fox a couple of years back uh, for a state's attorney. Bill Conway, the billionaire's son who finished second in the 2020 Democratic primary for state's attorney, said Thursday he's being urged to run for mayor by business and trade union leaders fed up with Lori Lightfoot. And he just might take them up on it. Uh, with a law and order pedigree and a father who's really rich, uh, Conway is somewhat intriguing, an intriguing possibility in the 2023 mayoral race. Wow. Another candidate running to the right of Lori Lightfoot. We already have Raylo uh, running to the right of Lori Lightfoot. Willie Wilson running to the right of Lori Lightfoot. Now, Billy Conway. Uh, and uh, what was your nickname? Billy the Bro? Bill the Bro. Bill the Bro. Bill the Bro. Uh, he is really a, such a bro. Uh, I don't see a path to victory for Bill Conway. Again, and this is I'll I'll get you Chicagoans to understand this. We have a runoff system in the city of Chicago, so they're really fighting to get into a runoff, keeping Lori Lightfoot from getting over fifty percent of the vote and getting a runoff. I have no doubt in my mind that Lori Lightfoot will be the number one vote getter, uh, no matter who runs against her. Because people in Chicago just love their mayors. <laughs> uh, and uh, so they're just going to automatically vote for her. Okay, but, you know, they'll feel bad for her. They'll just they'll feel fondly for her for something or other. They'll like that she's tough and mean and fights everybody. Uh, so she will just, you know, the, it, it's not fair. The, like COVID happened on her watch. I, I know how Chicago works. I know the mentality of Chicago. So she will be the front runner. We all know that. So they're all running to be second. Then once you're second, how are you going to beat Lori Lightfoot? And I just don't see it, D. I don't even know who he's talking about that's complaining. What business leader has gotten a bad deal under Lori Lightfoot? I, man, business leaders. What, she's like the epitome of like a ROM centrist. How have you done poorly under Lori Lightfoot? I, so I don't know who Bill Conway has been talking to, D. You know, they just don't yeah. like her. You know what I mean? Like, and, and trade unions, she's, there's the, they were the ones who supported the um, Lincoln Yards of all the unions. You know, the unions are all over the map when it came to Lincoln Yards and TIFFs, et cetera, and so forth. So I, I, I'm like, I, who's complaining to this guy? Okay, maybe some police officers. <laughs> okay, but, you know, Raylo is running for them, their votes. Johnny Catanzara says he's going to jump in the race. So it's interesting. There's plenty of people running against Lori Lightfoot from the right. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Look, Billy's got a lot of money. Uh, his dad is rich. So, you know, there's oh, get ready for those commercials, D. I yeah. don't believe he's going to run, by the way. And, dude, if you couldn't beat Kim Fox with the whole Smollett thing going on, I don't know, maybe just don't try. That was probably at her most vulnerable, right, Kim Fox, during that uh, whole Jesse absolutely. Smollett thing? You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, absolutely. That was your big opportunity. If you can't if you can't beat Kim Fox during the height of the Smollett trial, I don't know, you know, I think you're done. Smollett gate. It was before the trial, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Smollett gate. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and he had all the commercials. Yeah. But you know what, D? We're not showing enough appreciation to him. Because he he kind of put us on the map for half a second, yeah, uh, with a commercial, you know, and they would uh, where Kim Fox came on our show and swore, she right. said bullshit, and uh, he 
she swore, she swore. And then every time they, they air that commercial, they would show our show's logo. Yeah, yeah. rating sword. Right. So I really got to show a little, little more love for uh, Billy Conway. So thank you, Bill, for those commercials. Eric Adelstein, who uh, <laughs> produced those commercials, sent me a, a snarky email. That was the guy, do you remember? Uh, thank you uh, for airing those commercials. Feel free to uh, use us in your next round of commercials. Find something, you know. All right, so we got Bill the Bro Conway. <laughs> Still sticking with that nickname. We're going to put Bill the Bro Conway in the maybe file, right? Maybe? Sounds like a maybe. Maybe running. Yeah. Maybe it, running. It, it, it's more like Cam Buckner, who was on our show. We brought him on. Uh, you know, he the state, state rep from south, uh, near south side. I'm starting to think he's not going to run either. You yeah, know? But yeah. they get their name. Like, there's these lists of people uh, who may run. And it's a big deal to get on that list so then people talk about you. Uh, and so they want to encourage it because they like, you know, the, the elevated status they have for being considered to, uh, as a possible candidate against Lori Lightfoot. But more, most of these guys will drop. I'll tell you what, I don't know if this is on your list. Oh, pre-show prep. Paul Vallis wrote an essay uh, in the, the Tribune today and uh, ripping um, Lori Lightfoot on ethics issues. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul ba Vallis runs again. He ran last time. Uh, he was the former revenue director for Mayor Daley uh, and the former head of the uh, school uh, CPS under Mayor Daley. So I wouldn't be surprised, uh, D, if he runs again. Uh, he's also now at advice. He's moving, but he'll be running from the right, too, because he's – you know, he's moved to the right. Everybody's running from the right. You would think this is a Republican town. You would think that this city went 85 percent for Trump as opposed to 85 percent against Trump. Representative Mike Quigley announced this week that he has decided not to run for mayor of Chicago in 2023. Feels like he was in, out, dipping his foot in the pool, going on. He didn't know what he was going to do. But the Chicago Democrat, who co-chairs the House Ukrainian Caucus, just returned from a trip to Ukraine and said his focus is there. Not going to run. He says on this most recent trip with my colleagues from the Intelligence Committee, oh, he's a smart guy, it became clear <laughs> our work will continue for months, if not years. After much consideration, I simply cannot walk away from my duty to safeguard democracy, fight for American values abroad and stand up for the brave Ukrainian people in their time of maximum peril. Campaigning to serve as mayor of Chicago would not allow me to fulfill this critical obligation. Wow. Well, I already addressed this a little bit up front, but uh, wow. Mike Quigley uh, is a smart guy. Uh, I remember Mike Quigley when he was an aide to Bernie Hansen. I remember Mike Quigley when he's a Cook County board commissioner. And I want to thank Mike Quigley for uh, momentarily embracing the issue of TIFFs, helping elevate that to the public consciousness. He played a very important role uh, in getting people to start paying attention to that issue. Uh, they certainly weren't going to pay attention to it just because of what I was writing. I think uh, Kieran Lewis uh, took it one step further. So when I think of people who've forced the spotlight onto TIFFs, forced the, the mainstream media to cover it. I think of Quigley uh, and Karen Lewis. So, Mike, I always uh, will have a, a fondness in my heart for you. Uh, but come on, man. <laughs> Using the Ukraine is a justification for not running for mayor of the city of Chicago? I, I'm, yeah. I'm not buying that. Uh, the reality is, and by the way, there's greater threats to American democracy than Ukraine. I would say that uh, MAGA, Currently, we talk about this all the time when we do na uh, national issues on the show. MAGA poses a far greater threat 
uh, to American democracy right now in this country, the attempt by Donald Trump to steal the election, uh, and his narrative has been embraced by the Republican Party. It would be interesting to see if Richard Irvin runs away from that. Uh, in the general election, or if Darren Bailey runs away from that. And those hands commercials aren't going to help you, DB, uh, if you're saying that uh, Joe Biden did not actually win the election. I mean, you didn't see the ad. Those are some nice hands. Yeah, those are nice hands. But it's they'll only take you so far uh, if you subscribe to that notion. So I would say that I would say that I would be a little more believable if you were saying they need me in Congress to, you know, to Fight off the insurgents who tried to steal our democracy. Either way, it's a stretch, D. And the reality, in my humble opinion, uh, is that when he put his name out there, much like Arne Duncan, uh, they were just measuring how much firm support they were going to get. And it wasn't enough to convince them uh, it was worth the risk. And I got to tell you, it makes me appreciate Harold Washington even more and more, as if that's possible, because he was in a very similar position uh, to Mike Quigley. He was an incumbent congressman in an unbeatable position. No one was going to defeat Harold Washington as long as he wanted to run for Congress. Uh, he could see no reason uh, for, like, when he thought about his career to give that up to become mayor of the city of Chicago, but he did it. Uh, and he's the greatest mayor we ever had. So I'm not saying Michael Quigley would have been the greatest mayor we ever had or even the second greatest mayor we ever had, uh, but the reality is it's a lot, what's the word I want, the safer in Congress, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's an easier job, in my humble opinion. You're not in uh, every issue, every issue in the city of Chicago, the mayor gets asked about. Every single, you got to have an answer. And then you're, you're responsible for people that you're not really – like responsible for, you know, if it makes any sense, but you know, like Danny Mialapos, all the stories he did, he came on the show, talked about uh lifeguard, sexual assault on the beach beaches in the park districts. A congressman doesn't worry about that. The mayor is responsible for that. Now, of course this particular mayor ducked and dodged that one. So it wasn't like she took, took it on directly. Uh, but that's just an example of all the different, Every day, there's a different crisis that you have to deal with as Mayor D. So, yes, I'm pretty sure that uh, Mike Quigley if felt that he was just going to be ushered into the job. He would have gone for it. But it was going to be a fight. And he goes, eh, eh, I don't need a fight. Right. I it, think it, it did seem like he was kind of in and out, in and out, right? Or yeah. Am I just a man? Okay. Yeah. Just like Arnie Duncan. Yeah. Very wishy-washy. You know, just like Arnie Duncan. And, uh, and listen, we've been down this road. I remember when Rahm ran uh, in 2000, well, he announced in 2010, the election was in 2011, and they were like, who's the prominent politician that will run for this coveted seat? And Rahm scared them all out. Uh, in his two, in his two uh, election battles, he scared out Tom Dart. He scared out Tony Preckwinkle. He scared out every single congressperson. You know, it's like he showed him his, all the money he had raised. And, of course, he had essentially Barack Obama's endorsement. So nobody wanted to go up against Barack Obama. So that's the reality, D. Uh, it's a, a very challenging fight against an incumbent uh, who has all that name recognition. And I think Mike yeah. Quigley said, yeah, I'll just stay in Yeah, Mike, Mike Quigley took a look at that back alley, that brawl going on, and was like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, okay, I'm out of here. I got to go. 
And finally, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is running for re-election. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. According to sources close to her political team and the mayor herself, uh, she's intended to make it official sometime soon. It's not a surprise, as Politico writes, Lightfoot has been ramping up fundraising and hiring staffers to her political operation. She's also been meeting with community folks across the city to talk about Chicago's future. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, we kind of knew it all along. Yeah. And uh, we'll close the show where we began it. Not surprised. Think she's the fundraiser. Uh, Believe that Chicagoans uh, have an attitude. I should address this in in greater detail, D. of reverence toward their mayors. Uh, and it is very difficult for Chicago to defeat an incumbent mayor, a mayor who's been elected. My, uh, Michael Bolandic uh, was defeated and uh, he was a victory. Uh, he was victorious in a special election, but there was a huge snowstorm that he was horrific at dealing with that led to his victory. Jane Byrne, who defeated Belandit, was elected, but that was when he had a primary system, uh, and uh, her vote was divided by two uh, very powerful candidates, Richie Daly and Harold Washington. Other than that, really hard to defeat an incumbent mayor. Uh, And uh, there was a quote in today's bright one uh, by uh, Lori Lightfoot's uh, spokesperson, a spokesperson for the Lightfoot campaign that summed it up the, and I will read this quote, uh, Christina Freudlich is her name. Uh, She said, um, quote, if they're looking at the polling and they're not jumping in, clearly there is something that is scaring them. She's talking about uh, people like uh, Arnie Duncan and Mike Quigley, and I agree with her absolutely. Uh, Again, one more time, Chicago, I'm going to teach you this. We have a runoff system. So you got to beat her. One-on-one. It's not like a congressional primary, like in the first congressional, where I think there's 20 people running, and the top vote-getter gets to be the nominee against the Republican, automatically will become congressperson for the next, whatever, 30 years. No, it's it's a runoff system. So I believe one-on-one, the polls were not kind uh, to Quigley or to Duncan or to any other of these well-known uh figures in Chicago. You know who could beat her, D? Barack Obama. I don't think he's going to run. That would require him living in Chicago. He got out of Chicago. Chicago, you are so funny when it comes to Barack Obama. He's a Chicagoan. It's like a demotion. It's like a demotion, right? He got out of here. He was here long enough to get out of here. He was here long enough to realize, I don't want to be here anymore. He got out of here. He comes back every now and then. And you know, Steve, Chicago is, oh, my God, he's back among us. We matter. Anyway, he could beat her. I guarantee you that, D. Barack Obama. And Barack Obama could say, I'll be your mayor. Oh, my God, I'm doing Barack Obama. But I want to live in Hawaii. Or I want to live in New York. Or I want to live in Washington. Wherever his home or Martha's Vineyard, wherever his home is, D. And you know what? Chicagoans would still vote for him. Okay. It's like, well, everybody else is working remotely these days. You too, you can too, Barack Obama. So that's, there you go. That's the person who could defeat Lori Lightfoot, Barack Obama. Barack Obama, what do you have to say about that? In many respects, okay. uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. All right. Well, 
Sure. I know that's not Barack Obama. <laughs> you fooled me once with that one. You're not going to fool me twice. All right, everybody. We've, All right. Run, we've run out of time, but real quick, let's hear these last two Sean Caston ads. Do you have a best moment in your life? I have two. When Gwen and Audrey were born, they drove my work as a scientist trying to save our planet. And when Trump won, Gwen and I joined the Women's March. But we knew our work couldn't end that day. So I ran for Congress to take on the tough fights, like stopping climate change, passing common sense gun safety, defending a woman's right to choose. I'm Sean Caston, and with them in my corner, there's no fight I can't take on. That one was called climate change, and here's cost of living. From groceries to gas, everyone is feeling the pain. We need to do something about high prices. As a scientist and in Congress, I've worked to reduce energy costs, to rely on renewables, not oil from Putin or the Middle East. The families need relief now. I'm Sean Caston, and I'm focused on everything from fixing our supply chains to lowering the cost of prescription drugs. Because you work hard for your money. It's my job to work hard for you. I'm Sean Caston, and I make 20 ads a week. <laughs> By the way, oil from Putin. That I that's a good phrase for you know what I'm saying. Hey, hey, you, you put that on your opponent's back. Oil from Putin. I'm against oil from Putin. So, that, that, <laughs> out of all the ads we heard today, Ben, what would you say uh, was your favorite? Once, which one stuck out the most? Uh, we heard seven of them. So, well, I would have to say I don't know if it would qualify as my favorite, but the hands one, uh, DB's hands commercial or Stephanie Trussell uh, pays tribute to Darren Bailey's hands. That's the one I remember the most. So you're right. It's effective uh, commercial. Not quite sure it'll really work in a MAGA primary uh, where unless those hands are shown ripping apart raw meat, uh, it won't really win over any voters. Uh, but it was the one that will stick with me uh, the longest. And in part because as a old baby boomer, I remember again, grandma's hand one of the greatest songs bill withers ever wrote so that's the one that stuck out in my mind bailey congratulations somehow you made it seem like you're not a raving lunatic all right (laughs) give him time d give him time remember you can download previous ben jarofsky shows benny j bonus interviews and so much more ben who do we got on the lineup for the benny j ladies and gentlemen sam we did the deep dive on capitalism Really, Sam carried the ball. Now, Sam, as you know, is a dear friend of mine, uh, a Green Party guy, a firefighter, city of Chicago firefighter, uh, a super smart uh, observer of the American political scene with a a leftist view that rarely, if ever, gets presented uh, anywhere remotely (laughs) connected to mainstream so uh, that, I'm really proud of that one. We've got David Ferris coming out. I haven't done that one yet. I'm sure that'll be excellent, too. I'm showing all the love for Sam. Like, I don't love David. Uh, and then we're going to do a sports one with Miles Porter, uh, his new podcast about baseball. But that'll drop Monday. So we're uh, pretty busy uh, this weekend. Drop Sam Holloway, Miles Porter, uh, and David Ferris. Download those. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever else you download podcast and if anyone was wondering out of all the commercials we played today somehow my favorite is phyllis springfield politicians they promise they won't tax retirement income if their oh, constitutional God. amendment passes <laughs> phyllis hold on oh she phyllis was still pressing to get that internship here at the bedroom you know do you remember that she was always bugging us oh 
Yeah, I remember. Get a job here. Sorry, fellas, that position has been filled. All right, excellent job by the young man from Alton, Phyllis. Phyllis and Marcy Love, come on together. There you go. Give her, give him a big hand. The man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. Without whom, this show would be possible. And as Phyllis will tell you, as Marcy Love will tell you, as Alexi Genulius will tell you, and as Ken Davis will tell you, I just threw him in the hell next yeah. Week. <laughs> Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. This little light of mine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That is correct. In many respects. Many respects. Many respects. Uh, a lot of people in this country.